0: Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy at a glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfi.com and click app to get started. One
1: of the simplest ways to stay out of credit card debt is to save for major purchases. I am Rob West. By planning ahead and saving for things you know you're going to need or want in the future, you avoid having to borrow, and taking certain steps can make this a lot easier. I'll talk about that today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Okay, you might be thinking, save for things I'll need in the future? Isn't that my emergency fund? Actually, no, it isn't. This is sometimes called a sinking fund, a term borrowed from the business world. It's a pool of money you regularly contribute to, so you'll eventually have the cash you need for an upcoming big-ticket expense, like a vacation, a new car, or home repairs. And think about this, you're actually paying yourself to delay that major purchase, because your savings will accrue interest. Compare that to putting the purchase on a credit card with a sky-high interest rate where you're paying to use someone else's money for a time. By grasping this concept of delayed gratification, you'll save yourself a ton of money over your lifetime. You also won't be tempted to tap into a retirement account for a major purchase. That is extremely expensive money. Uh, You'll have to pay taxes on anything you withdraw and possibly a penalty. Besides, that money is for another major purchase, your retirement. So what's the best way to save for your big ticket item? Well, first, you need a goal. Let's say you want to put a new roof on the house and you estimate it'll cost $7,500, which is pretty typical these days. That's your goal. Next, you have to look at your budget and determine how much you can pull each month from other categories to go toward your new roof. Let's say that's $500. Divide 7500 by 500 and you get 15 That's how many months it will take you to save up enough cash to replace your roof. Of course, if your roof's leaking now, you can't wait. But instead of automatically borrowing, see if you can get it patched temporarily until you've saved enough to replace it place the roof. That's the attitude you want to have. No matter what you're saving for, always be asking, how can I avoid borrowing and still get what I need? It's okay to start small. If you can't put away $500 a month, start with 100 But begin looking for ways you can increase that amount by cutting your expenses. Be flexible. It's okay to adjust your savings as needed. Just keep in mind that you want to reach your goal as soon as possible. And you might think it's silly, but you can also start a change jar if you still use cash on a fairly regular basis. Empty your pockets or wallet in a one-gallon jar or jug and forget about it. When it's full, you'll have another $400 or so toward your goal. So, now you're ready to start saving, but where should you put that money? Well, it should definitely go into a separate account apart from your usual checking and savings and even your emergency fund. You want to reduce the temptation to tap into this money for something else. So put this special savings into an online bank to get the best rate. Like with your emergency fund, you can have a certain amount automatically transferred into this account from every paycheck or once a week or even once a month. Then pretend it's not there. Now, if this special purchase is something you know is several years down the road, like a car or even a house, you can put some of this money in a CD or money market account to get a better rate. I would ladder your CDs so that one is coming due every six months or so. As you near the target date for your big purchase, begin cashing the mature CDs and putting that money back into savings. Okay, you may remember a while back we talked about setting up smart financial goals. That's S M A R T, and it stands for specific, measurable, attainable relevant, and timely. So first, specific. Make sure you know exactly what you're saving for and how much you'll need, like with our example of the replacement roof. The more specific the goal, the more likely you are to get there. Next, make sure it's measurable. Set your monthly savings goal and track how well you're doing. Make adjustments as needed. Then there's attainable. That means setting a goal that you can realistically attain. If you set it too high, you'll get discouraged along the way. Next is relevant. Make sure this big ticket item you're saving for is important. Something you know you'll need or really want. That way you'll stay motivated. And finally, there's timely. Set a deadline for reaching your savings goal and that will also help keep you motivated. It's okay if you don't get there by the deadline. Just keep plugging away until you do. So those are some tips to help you save for a major purchase. We hope you find them useful. And when you reach a savings goal, let us know. We'd love to hear how you did it. We'll be right back.
0: Are you looking for a financial professional who aligns with your biblical values? Certified Kingdom Advisors are trusted financial, legal, or accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure they provide biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithfy.com and clicking find a CKA. We
2: are grateful for support from Lightpoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401K and 403B plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. Lightpoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations, such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the Faith and Finance Program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com.
1: Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Just a moment, we'll be taking your calls and questions today on anything financial. The number to call is 800-525-7000. That's 800 800- Five two five seven thousand. Here at FaithFi, everything we do is as a result of your generous support. And if you'd consider a gift here at month in, we'd certainly be grateful. Whatever you can do, 40, 400, or 4,000, it all helps to accomplish our work here at Faith and Finance and through our app and at our website. So if you just simply head to faithfi.com, that's faithfi.com, just click give. Thanks in advance. All right, back to the phones we go. Actually, our first caller for today, and we do have lines open at 800-525-7000. Let's begin in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Harvey. Go right ahead, sir.
3: Hey, brother Bob. how are you?
1: Doing well, thanks.
3: Good. Hey, Rob, I just become a, a PO, POA for my mother, and she has a house. <laughs> she, has, she has a second mortgage on this house. Okay, and I was wondering, I was wondering what happens to the amortization uh, illustration uh, on a house when you get a second mortgage.
1: Yeah, uh, nothing happens uh, to the primary mortgage. Uh, Harvey, when you get a second mortgage in terms of the amortization schedule, they're they're two separate loans, each with their own schedule. So one does not affect the other. Uh, The first and second mortgage just simply determines who's in first position Uh, Either lender can foreclose if your mother is unable to make the agreed-upon payments, but the original or principal lender would be first in line. Uh, And that's why the interest rate on a second mortgage is is higher than for a first. But in terms of the amortization schedule, they do not affect one another.
3: Really? So is, is the amortization still in effect?
1: Yeah, on that first mortgage. So, uh, you know, you you um, you know, would pay the scheduled payment on that first mortgage. Uh, you would pay yeah. it off in the time you normally would have unless you accelerate the payment. Uh, it's entirely separate, two completely different loans. One does not affect the other. Okay, well, I'm, you know, I kind of
3: understand what you're saying. Then, then again, I'm kind of left out of the loop. Okay. So can you suggest, you suggest to me someone I can talk to or call that can help me navigate around this situation
1: yeah what is it you're trying to accomplish with the mortgages themselves okay cause because
3: she has this mortgage, this what is low excuse me this loan she's had for 20 years looks like and I don't see any any resemblance of a, a moralization where, where the, um, where the, the, uh, principle flips after 15 years, you know, that's what we
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what I would do is contact each of the lenders, because again, they're com- two completely separate loans. They have no bearing on one another. They were financed at different times. They have different amortization schedules, rates, and terms. They're probably being serviced by two different banks. And so the only thing that they have to do with one another is one's in first position in terms of uh, you know being paid off and one's in second position. Everything else is separate. So I would contact each of the lenders or the servicers, whoever currently is servicing the loan, and ask for an updated mortgage amortization, uh, which will show you by every payment, over whatever the term is, let's say it's 30 years, it will show you from the very first payment until the last exactly what amount is going to principal and what's going to interest. And as long as she's made the scheduled payments, then she's continuing on that that amortization schedule that was set at the beginning of the loan. If she's accelerated the payoff by sending extra to principal reduction, well, that would affect it. Um, but But by making that phone call, you should be able to get that amortization schedule and determine exactly when, um, you know, the you'll be paying more toward principal and less toward interest, which as you correctly pointed out, in the early part of the mortgage, the vast majority is going to interest, very little to principal. At the tail end, it's the opposite. And there is a point, uh, you know, near the middle where it flips. But Either of those servicers or both would be able to give you a a current amortization schedule for each of the respective loans. You just need to make a phone call and ask for it.
3: Okay. Still, uh, is there someone that uh, you can suggest that I
1: can still confer with? Uh, I I don't really have anybody specifically on that. I think perhaps you know it's it's not as complicated as you think. I would just reach out to the lender, tell them exactly what you're looking for, uh, and you know they'll walk you through it. In fact, they could even run an amortization schedule based on you sending an extra amount. So I would start with the mortgage servicer, uh, who she sends her payment to for each of the mortgages, and they should be able to give you exactly what you need. Uh, if you are if you you fall short on that and you, you're you not getting what you're looking for, give me a call back and I'd be happy to help. We appreciate your call today, Harvey. Uh, 800-525-7000. Let's head to Kansas. Hi, Nikki. Go ahead.
2: Hi, Ron. First of all, I want to say God bless you guys. I love your ministry. You're awesome. I've listened to you for so many years. Oh, well, back thank you. Back when Larry the cat, cat <laughs> I know, but it, it was a joke when a young kid called him that. <laughs> but, um, I have concerns with the um uh the chains of world currency from the u s dollar dropping if it drops tremendously tanks um how do we invest and how do we safeguard what little bit we have in that process?
1: Yeah. So let me make sure I understand your concern. Are you talking about the the U.S. dollar status as world reserve currency and how that might affect uh, the stock market and the U.S. economy or or something else?
2: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. with, With jobs and everything.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the U.S. dollar has fallen about 7% in the last six months. Uh, This, you know, it's not great, but it would be more troubling if there was any other currency – on the world stage that could step into the role of the world's reserve currency and bottom line is there just isn't right now. I mean, there's too much manipulation uh, with the yuan and, uh, you know, they thought the euro could take its place. Clearly isn't even close. Uh, 60% of the uh, global currency reserves are in dollars. The euro is in second place with only 20%. And 90% of foreign transaction trades even today involve the dollar. Um, You know, the global pandemic stimulus response was underpinned by vast currency swaps between the Federal Reserve and friendly central banks. And clearly, um, you know, if we continue uh, I think to handle our economy and our money supply the way we have. Uh, We've lost some credibility, clearly, on the world stage, just given some of the actions of the Fed, the the suppression of interest rates for a long, long time, and the incredible amounts of debt that we've run up. So there is a reason, I think, to be concerned long-term. I don't think there's any near-term concern. I would still be investing to grow your wealth in a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio. That's the very best way to overcome Uh, any effects of inflation. And, you know, we're going to have to continue to watch in the days ahead how things play out. Uh, Stay with us. Much more to come. We'll be right back. As the leading advocate for the Christian financial industry, Kingdom Advisors serves the public by promoting the integration of a biblical worldview across every aspect of the financial services industry. And we serve a growing network of thousands of Christian financial professionals, equipping and empowering them to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. For more information, visit KingdomAdvisors.com. That's KingdomAdvisors.com. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God, with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at EventideInvestments.com. That's EventideInvestments.com. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking our calls and questions. We've got a few lines open, 800-525-7000. We'd love to hear from you today. Back to the phones to Indianapolis we go. Hi, Debbie. How can I help you? Hi, Rob. Thank you so
2: much for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, my question is this. I was contacted by my lender um, for our mortgage and advised about uh, taking a cash-out option Well, my concern is this. Number one, I don't even know that that's even biblical. Second, uh, with us being close to retirement, I don't know that I feel comfortable um, having another 30-year mortgage in addition to the consumer debt that we're trying to pay off. I I just don't feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you, Debbie, but let's unpack this a little bit more. So give me a rundown on the debts that you have starting with the mortgage. How much do you owe on it? About three hundred thousand. All right. And what's the house worth? Do you think roughly?
2: Um, latest was four hundred two.
1: All right. And what is the interest rate?
2: Two point three seven five.
1: Wow, that's a great rate. And how long do you have left? Twenty years.
2: About that. Yes.
1: Okay, great. And are you guys in retirement or are still heading that direction?
2: Heading in that direction.
1: Okay. How far out is that?
2: Um, I've got, let me see. Well, we're 61 and 63 respectively. So, um, I think our retirement age according to social security is 60, I'm 66 and a half and his is 67. All right.
1: And do you envision working beyond that point for pay or no?
2: I'm thinking about it, but not on the, not, probably not full time. I'll probably work part time. And then my husband, he's going to continue working to like about 68.
1: Okay. Uh, just a few more questions about your income. So with your current income, uh, once the bills are paid, the car, the truck, the camper, you pay the minimums on the uh, uh, you know, Discover and the mortgage, uh, do you all typically have something left over at the end of the month?
2: Yes, we do. And okay, I put about, that in savings.
1: All right. About how much do you have typically on a, a monthly basis?
2: Uh, right now, about $13,000. Right, and
1: that's yes, how much we do you- tithe. Okay, and you've built up about 13 in savings? Uh-huh, yes. And then uh, last question is, tell me how you're doing toward retirement. What, what retirement assets do you have?
2: Um, we have two IRAs and a Roth and my husband's retirement.
1: Okay, what is the total of all those retirement accounts? Not counting his company retirement, but the the IRAs.
2: Oh, how much we have right now? Yeah. Probably about 400000
1: okay and and based on what he'll get in retirement uh plus social security, do you have a good sense of whether that would cover your bills in retirement uh or would you need to pull from the four hundred thousand as well
2: and That's what I don't want to do is have to pull from those yeah. um, my plan our plan was to try to have as much paid off as possible and not carry that into retirement with okay. the exception of the mortgage because that's a thirty-year mortgage, so yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think um, either of us is are, are going to be here in thirty years.
1: Yeah. Okay, very good. well, that's all I need to know that was really helpful. great background information. so I completely concur with you, debbie. I would absolutely not cash out refinance that's going to do a couple of things that would be very expensive a new mortgage has fees and is associated with it three four maybe five percent of the mortgage value just in in cost number two, that phenomenal mortgage interest rate you have at two point three seven five would go up north of six percent It'd be a dramatic increase and then you'd pull the money out to pay off the cost and the uh, the, the uh, credit card, but then you'd string it out over 30 years. So it, all that savings you're getting by bringing the interest rate down ever so slightly on the mortgage would be, um, you'd, you'd offset that by this long payback period. So that doesn't make any sense. So I'd, I'd leave those right where they are, but I'd start attacking that Discover card. So I'd take that 900 that you're putting in savings and I'd send all that to Discover. So let's make sure we get out from under that in the next 12 months at at the most and then we can start working on the cars At that point, I think, you know, once you're debt-free, the key is just managing your expenses, living within your means. Uh, Beyond that, I'd probably do some retirement planning with a certified kingdom advisor that you could find on our website uh, at faithfi.com. Click find a CKA. Just so you know whether you're on track, ahead or behind with your retirement savings by looking at all of your income sources so you're well-planned. But don't touch that cash out refi and let's go after that Discover card with the surplus. Uh, To Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Kath go right ahead.
2: Uh, hi, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. I uh, sure. love your show. Listen all the time. Um, I'm going to be retiring in the next three months. Uh, and I, um, in talking to my financial advisor, he uh, was thinking I should take half of my 401k and buy a fixed annuity with it. Uh, and, and I just, why is he suggesting
1: why that? To- what was the reason for that?
2: Um, well, because basically right now I have it in, um, uh, in my 401k, it's kind of like a life insurance stable fund, which is getting three and a quarter percent. And, you know, he basically thinks it would be better because if I were to take 4% of my portfolio, it would be probably around 25,000, but this would probably give me just taking half of it, like 21,000 a year.
1: Yeah, but just because you're in that stable fund now doesn't mean you couldn't move it to some of the other options that would give you either a higher yield with maybe some bond funds or even some growth if you were to have a portion of it in some stock funds.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's a wise idea. Yeah, I'm just that. not a
1: big fan of annuities because you're locking up your money. They're complicated. They're expensive. You know, if, you, if you've got a variable product where it's got a floor on the downside, in exchange for that, you have to give up something on the upside. I, I think I'd rather just see you position this the best you can among the investments that are available to you in the 401k. So you've got the, based on your age and goals and risk tolerance, you've, you've got the right amount in, in some high quality stock mutual funds. You've got the right amount in some bond funds and you just let it grow. And then when you reach retirement age or you're separate from your company, you roll it out to an IRA, you keep it, you know, then you continue to invest it. Although now you've got a lot more investment options inside the IRA and, you know, you still have access to your money. So if you needed it, you can get to it, but you're keeping it invested, uh, you know, to continue to grow it, offset inflation, and support the withdrawal rate you need uh, from the 401k to supplement your income alongside Social Security or whatever else you have. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
2: does. It does. Okay. 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 So- So so
1: I think you're welcome. I think the next step for me would be to look at the investment options inside the 401k. Um, You know, the annuity is going to generate a huge commission for the advisor selling it. I'm more interested in getting you positioned with the money you have among the investments in the 401k. That'd be my preference. Thanks for your call today. We appreciate it. Well, once again, our time went by way too fast. But tune in next time, and we'll do it all over again. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by Faith by and listeners like you.